the meantime, it's our pleasure to bring in Jill Malandrino, global markets reporter of the NASDAQ. Certainly a busy week. I did note that the NASDAQ has been the best of the bunch when you look at the major indices and performance for this week. But we are getting the Fed minutes at this point. But it seems that it's showing a lot of what we expected anyhow. Jill? Right. I would agree with you, Nicole, uh, to your point and also what Ben was saying, that markets are now pricing in six or seven hikes this year, up from three or four only just a few weeks ago. We had the chief investment officer of NASDAQ listed um, Wisdom Tree on yesterday, and they are actually looking at eight rate hikes this year. So I don't think it's a shock really? to the market that these rate hikes are going to, in fact, take place and the Fed is shifting its policy. They've been pretty clear about it. I think really what it is is that inflation is staggeringly high and, and it, it's noticeable across every input. When you start to see that commodities as an asset class is taking over U.S. equities, which has been the darling for a number of years, those input costs, because commodities are on the rise, are really only going to exasperate that uh, cost input situation. Interesting, though, stocks have held up relatively well. Of course, we're looking at geopolitical tensions in Russia and Ukraine. We'll get to that in a moment. But while all this macro has been happening, companies have been reporting earnings. About three quarters of the companies in the S&P 500 have already reported for the fourth quarter. Research shows that earnings growth accounts for about 80% of stock price moves. And lately, earnings have been relatively strong too, just like most of the economy, with earnings growth averaging about 30%, more than offsetting the valuation impact from rates so far, of course, it's specific to a number of sectors, certainly stock picker environment. Um, and Nicole, we're also seeing larger majority of companies than normal have beat expectations. However, those have missed have also been punished more than normal. Back to that stock picking theme there, um, you know, companies have also started guiding analysts to dial back their expectations for the future. And that doesn't mean that earnings aren't growing. It just means research analyst models assume they're growing faster than com companies now expect. Clearly, that has been the story with NASDAQ 100 companies, a lot of the tech companies out there where they just enjoyed that ride over the past couple of years with some unreasonable valuations. And now it's being reset. To Ben's point, you know, we're seeing that consolidation and getting these valuations back in check. And, you know, as we see, the participants generally judge the risks for the outlook for inflation as tilted to the upside. So they don't see a reprieve. They don't see inflation coming down anytime soon, which only leads us to believe, and to your point about the Wisdom Tree chief financial officer, I think that's really interesting that they're really leaning towards a lot of hikes, as many as eight. I mean, that's a big print right there. I didn't even, I've never even heard that yet. I've heard up to seven. So um, it certainly seems that they need to get this in check fast. At the same time, market doesn't like uncertainty. We do have the geopolitical risk. Is there anything else that people are taking a look at here? Right. Of course, the Russia-Ukraine tensions and the potential for conflict is also adding to market uncertainty. So a peaceful resolution would be good for the markets. And we saw that with the press yesterday's rally based on incremental positive news of a pullback of some forces and ongoing talks uh, are playing out. A war obviously would be bad for markets and likely bad for some European uh, nations as well, especially during a cold winter, as data shows many countries 
rely a lot on Russia for gas to heat their homes. In other words, Russia, with their supply pipelines and energy supply dominance, it creates a really complicated negotiating uh, dynamic for Europe. And of course, without Angela Merkel there, who did have a good working relationship with Putin, that also adds uh, another element as well. Whether or not they were allies and got along, they certainly did respect one another. And that, that was clear in some of the dynamics that we saw. Of course, dripping high, uh, crude dripping higher today after President Biden and the NATO Secretary General both said they did not see any indication Russia was stepping back from the border with Ukraine. Um, so it, it seems as if oil and natural gas it is going to trade on these headlines. And I, I think when we think about this conflict, um, and this is kind of Russia's MO here, uh, they do test the incoming American presidents. I, I think there is some of that going on here as well. Um, and it, it's not only Russia, it's other adversaries that we have that are going to see just how far they can push things uh, before it really truly does become a conflict. So I think when we saw it with the China trade war headlines, and again, this is a different kind of conflict, but it certainly is going to um, impact the commodity space and, and definitely impact what we see happen in the indices. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the balance sheet, too, right? So you'll have, there's two ways and tools, multiple tools that they have to uh, slow everything down a little bit. And what's interesting is that most of the participants are supporting a fast rate of increases. So, you know, they could run off the balance sheet. They can, you know, hurry up and get some of the, at least the first hikes in quickly, and Bullard's point was that is if it's done in an organized fashion, it's not going to disrupt the markets. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. Um, and again, from what Ben was saying at the top, the markets know this is going to happen. I, I think 50 basis points is essentially what's priced in right now. You have to rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it is set up to digest three to four to five hikes is really what we're hearing here. I'm trying to see out of the corner of my eye what the reaction looks like. Looks like there was a pop and a drop on the minutes. We have the tenure back over two. So, um, and you know how these things are, Nicole, it, it, you know, trying to trade around um, a press release of the minutes can be quite complicated uh, until we get back into that range and really parse through what the minutes were saying. But I, I think for the most part, it's inevitable that this hike is gonna take place in March, skewing more to the 50 basis point side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say, you know, I'm doing much of the same as I'm reading the headlines from the minutes. I'm also trying to see engage, you know, um, as we look at the tenure, it's 2.033. It was at 2.04 earlier. Uh, the Dow is down 218 points. It was down 220 something points. So we are seeing some moves, but none of them appear to me at this time to be dramatic. I saw a slight improvement in Bitcoin, for example. Um, you know, oil's a tiny bit higher, but the moves are not dramatic, which only leads us to believe that the market can tolerate, at least in the beginning, some of the rate hikes. I mean, if it's one after the other at some point, the market will get fed up. But maybe the first couple, it'll digest. We'll see. Jill Malandrino, always great to see you. Thank you. Jill Malandrino of the NASDAQ. Thanks.